Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a clinical engineer by day and stand-up comedian by night. Welcome, Selma Hindi. Wow, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to have you on. I stole your introduction from your Instagram bio. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I I was like, this is so cliche as I'm writing it, but I'm like, oh, whatever. Facts are facts. And and it's very it's a good explanation of who you are, like career wise. Like it's 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 very concise. It's to the point. Clinical engineer by day, we love to see it. Uh, yeah. Stand up comedian by night, like I mean that it is what it is. It's just the truth. Yeah, I know. And like it's so funny because I literally do the most on my Instagram or social media in general to talk about everything and anything except for engineering. Like I'm like. Mm, this is how like I'm doing the most to like not show anyone that I'm an engineer even though like I got have my master's in it and everything um but, but it yeah. is, it's weird I I definitely feel you on that because I'm not working as a counselor full-time anymore but for a long time I was and I would never fucking talk about it and it wasn't because like I just feel uncomfortable talking about like I guess like my quote-unquote like real life job on the internet where I'm simultaneously like saying fuck shit bitch 24 seven. Like I just feel like the two things I don't, I don't want them to live in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, that's, yeah, that's basically how I feel also. And like, I mean, I, I definitely am an engineer and I (laughs) (laughs) very convincing Selma. Now I'm definitely like, this bitch is not an engineer. She literally just said, I'm definitely an engineer. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was like, how do I, how do I apologize for this? But, um, it's no, can I please tell you it's so funny, but like, um, okay. So I was like in a serious relationship like two years ago, which was traumatizing as hell, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like I, the dude was also an engineer, okay, also Egyptian, and we at one point went to like couples therapy, which is so fucking weird, but I highly, highly recommend because it really teaches you a lot of things about your own self that you would have never noticed or seen, like in the context of like a romantic relationship. But anyways, after the relationship ended, um, I spoke to that couples therapist again because I felt like I felt like I wanted to get someone's professional opinion who had also known like my ex right right um as opposed to like everyone around me was like you're a queen he's a loser and I mean they were right but like I was like no this is biased I want some unbiased opinion and so I go to the the therapist again the couple's therapist and he's trying to explain to me like the difference in how we think he's like you know he's very logical he's very like calculated he's very like in his head you're much more spontaneous you're this not he's like he's an engineer and I was like, so I'm an engineer too. He's like, no, no, no. But he's like, he's like for real as an engineer. What like, the fuck is like, a for real engineer? Like he's like saying like he's socially awkward and like, you know. I mean, listen, it's like it's, he's not, he's not wrong. The, I mean, the yeah. stereotype stereotype is, I mean, my brother-in-law, I'm pretty sure is a clinical engineer. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck the difference is between any of engineers, but yeah. my friend actually told me, she's like, no, your sister said he was a clinical engineer. I was like, okay, I'm going to take your word for it. Okay. Um, but he is very fucking weird and really nerdy and socially awkward and hates talking to human beings. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, and most of the people in engineering were like that. Like they just don't want to have been an engineer. I yeah. really should have been an engineer. <laughs> I yeah, fucking right? hate talking. <laughs> yeah. And, and like they sit in their cubicles, right? Like, cause I did software uh, programming 
for over a year one time, like my internship was in that. And I literally felt suffocated, like being in a cubicle all the time, just coding. I was literally like, thank you for showing me exactly what I don't want to do, like peace out. But yeah, guys, like all the engineering dudes around me love that. Like they love to be unbothered, just, you know, headphones plugged in, coding, whatever. I mean, I, I, listen, I want to do that. Like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I love putting headphones on and not talking to anyone. Um, yeah. but I, I do. I, here's the thing. I love talking. I'm Arab. I will never shut the fuck up. But at the same yeah. time, like if I could sit in silence forever, like I would be fine. Like there would be no problem. I wouldn't be complaining about it. I'd be like, well, I guess this is my life now. So this is fine. Um, but what I think is also really interesting is that your Arab Egyptian ex-boyfriend agreed to going to couples therapy so I have a lot of questions about that like did you have to like coerce him into it did he like was he like let's go to couples therapy like what how and why oh my gosh okay wow that's okay so basically he um I didn't have to coerce him into it but we like our relationship was so unstable and we had broken up for two months at one point and I was like so devastated and destroyed and just like you know, like my first real relationship, I was just like, Oh my God, I have to make this work. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, my whole life depends on this, whatever. And then, um, and his mom was against it. And he was like severely codependent on his mom. And like, he knew she was a psycho. So that was like, that was like a good thing that a level of awareness that he had already had. But then, um, he, he would always like come back and he like came back to me and was like, I really want to like do this again and whatever. And I was like, listen, don't talk to me unless you're ready to go to a therapist or like talk to an imam or something. So then he came to me because I wanted them to basically like tell him like you're severely codependent, whatever. And so then um, he came to me like a few weeks later and he was like, okay, I'm ready. Like go to therapy. And so we did. So I found like a couple's therapist and, um, and we went to the couple's therapist who was actually so amazing and uh we did two sessions with him but then and after coming out of those sessions like it was really so in the beginning he sits like the couple therapist sits us down and like talks to us whatever then he takes each of us individually um into a room and talks to us for like 15 minutes and says like is there anything you don't want the other person to know right. um like what exactly do you want out of this whatever and then he did that like with each of us at the end we ended up like telling each other like what we had said but um and then, uh, basically like the couple, the therapist was like, okay, so there's three people in the room right now. Um, aside from him, he was like, there's you, like me, um, my it's partner. Wrong. And then there's the <laughs> therapist. No, sorry. There's the, there's the couple, like the, right. the third person or client is the couple. Like, so he, sometimes the therapist is sometimes going to say things like, this is what's best for the couple or like these are some compromises that have to be made for the couple. Like that's basically the real client that's in the room. Right. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was really enlightening. It was really great. Um, I felt like every time we came out of there, we were definitely like stronger and we have, you know, like you come like that therapy high, you you just have all this relief and clarity. Um, but then we only did two sessions. And then after that, this guy pieced out, it just got way too serious, I guess, way too real um and I guess like he noticed a lot of incompatibilities between us which I was like hella in denial at the time like I'm just way more liberal way more open way more um 
progressive, way less judgmental. Like I'm just, I'm just, and I'm very spontaneous and that makes me unpredictable, which is like terrifying to these guys who want some, like a large amount of control over you without even realizing it just for their own security. Um, so he was like much more rigid, like much more closed minded, much more like there was definitely a, a bigger, um, like cultural gap between us. Cause like I was born in Canada versus he had just moved like three, four years prior. Right. And, uh, and he was like in his late twenties and stuff. So yeah. So it was like, it was definitely an experience. Like I would highly recommend because it increases and, and just makes the communication between, um, between like these two vastly different worlds much better, but at the same time, like, you know, you've got to commit to it. So yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I'm, I would say I am a, a fan of therapy and counseling. I don't think that going to see a counselor is, will ever hurt you that yeah. like, it's just it's never gonna hurt, it can only help. But like, I just find it really fascinating that you were able to have an Arab man who wasn't even born in America go to like, like the fact that he was like down to do that to me is slightly mind boggling. Yeah. And even though you did just say a lot of things about him that make me immediately like my brain went to like, well, I fucking hate this guy. Like, yeah. like no offense to him, but I'm just like, this sounds super fucking annoying. Like fuck this guy. But at the same time, I feel like he gets a few, I guess like brownie points for like wanting to go like it, i mean the bar for me at this point it's just so low it's on the I fucking know. ground but like it's literally arab, in Jahannam. it's literally uh, in hellfire <laughs> and a, a man in general let alone an arab man who is like down to go to couples therapy is like my, like my brain is exploding right now like i'm just like wow this is amazing like was he on drugs did someone drug him like, <laughs> like how how did this happen and like he was like the one who was like yeah let's go do it and i'm just like i i, I i'm so confused like was this a trick and you just don't know it's a trick like yeah i feel like was this like I feel like it had to be a trick right there's no way he just wanted to do like my mind is spinning because I'm telling you like I've dated a white guy and he didn't want to go to couples therapy like you know what I'm saying like let alone an Arab man like that's crazy to me men are very against it they're they're usually in my experience not like gung-ho about couples therapy yeah because uh, it'll bring up like a lot of truths and and accountability you know and and they just the don't word. want that and, and they don't want the they don't want anyone to have like insight into their private life or um basically like you know some sort of uh judgment or like you know an authority kind of uh commenting on their actions or behaviors or whatever but yeah like it, it's really weird like he was for sure down to go and those were see here's the thing like human beings are not all good or all bad like there's right. always there's always parts of them that you are so in like pleasantly surprised by and you're so like drawn to and 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 you're like wow this is a really redeeming quality in you right. that you actually want to go to therapy and work on our problems and you're admitting that they're there and whatever but then there's like a lot of other parts of them and I feel like I tend right. to you know like I just tend to fixate on those good parts and I forget it's about called like, being a woman I uh, think is what you're explaining to me right now is just being a female um and like it's not even like you're making excuses and also like love goggles love goggles are like a fucking disease oh I swear to god like when you're in this relationship and you love this person and 
it, it makes it a thousand times worse if you're a woman, but like if you're an Arab woman, I feel like that makes it like a bajillion times fucking worse because like, you're like, I am committed to you. Like, yeah. I, like I'm going to make this shit fucking work. Like, I don't know what happened to Arab women to make us like this, but like based off of my conversations and experiences, once we're like in a situation, unless it's like really terrible, we're like, no, it's fine. Like I'll make it work. Like, no, yeah. it's, it's, in fact, not only is it fine, it's great. And I'm like, and I, and I try to like dissect it. Cause I'm like, okay, I grew up with, uh, you know, parents who like really care about each other. They're respectful, like very healthy relationship yeah. um, to, to grow up around. And I'm like, why am I like this? Like, why is it like, uh, like, and it's not even like, uh, you know, I, it's not, it's, I think it's this mentality of unless it's like abusive, it's yeah. fine. Like, yeah. it's like, if it's abusive, okay, fine. Like, uh, you know, maybe that's an issue. But if it's not abusive, it's like, I can deal with all of these other things, even though these other things are also in some ways, I guess, abusive, but they're just not textbook abusive. Yes, 100%. You know what, Nora? Like, okay, so I used to also think that it was like an Arab girl thing or like, you know, a brown girl or like a Muslim girl thing. But then I actually realized recently that this concept of the one or like, you know, the only person that you can ever date or the one that got away, like, you know, you're only meant to be with one soulmate. And if you're not with them, then you're just going to be miserable with other people the rest of your life, etc. Is actually not from like Arab culture. I realize it's actually from rom-coms. And like all the shows and movies we watch. No, I'm not even kidding. Because it's No, like- no, you're, you're 100% right. But here's the thing, though. I think that the difference is between like an Arab girl or a brown girl is like, we also have all of this external pressure to get married in a way that I think a lot of other people don't. And my friend put it to me. I'm so sorry. Like he's probably listening to this and he's like, you fucking bitch. Why are you talking about this on your podcast? But no one will know who it is. (laughs) He was dating a white girl and they broke up and he told me something and I'm just, I'm quoting what he said. He's like, when a white girl says she loves you, it's not the same. It's a different kind of love. It's a much more like disposable kind of love. Like he's like, when I've dated Muslim girls and they've said, I love you. Like, I feel like they really fucking love me. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they would try everything to be with me. He's like, but like, you know, she said she loved you. I love you to me. And like, then like things ended. And I like, I thought about it. I was like, I don't think she really loved me. Like, I think it was like, it's like a different type of love. It's like a less, and I'm not generalizing all white people. That's why I always say Arab people. Cause I'm like, I feel like I can talk about Arab people, but I don't want to talk about white people because you know what? I've never been white. So I, I don't know what a white woman's experience is like, but like, I will say like, as far as like intense emotions, I feel like for the most part, Arab girls, brown girls, just generally Muslim people are very fucking intense about it. Like in a way that I have not seen like other people behave. Like I I have friends who are white and they'll break up with a guy. And then like a month later, they're dating someone else. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you not? sad like yeah 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 um, I do not have like emotions yeah. but they, but that's the thing it's it's like yeah I'm sad but like I'm just gonna keep it moving and I'm just like huh like what what is this like I I don't yeah. like it's it's just I feel like this it's a lot of factors that I think make us so I think willing to put up with bullshit and I think primarily in my experience it's because you have these external factors and then also there's this like 
fucking, you know, arbitrary idea of like purity and all this dumb shit where it's like, well, I don't want to date a million fucking guys. Like, you know what I mean? So like, let me just, let me just fucking make it work with this guy. Cause then, you know, it's, it, people will think X, Y, and Z of me if I'm like running around moving from one guy to the other, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And also like, I mean, I, okay. So after my, my breakup, I started going to my own personal therapy and like I started like right around the time or right before but basically also I was gonna say that um even though we did couples therapists like that that was or couples therapy that wasn't sufficient enough to be done on its own like right. each person needs to be doing their own therapy on their own like regularly um and sort of letting it settle to see like what direction or what path you're going to go into. Like you might also be doing like compromising a lot for the sake of the couple or for the sake of the relationship. That's not necessarily in line with your authentic path or your authentic self and stuff. Right. So it's important to like really discover and do the work and ask yourself all the questions that are going to give you those answers. Um, but after going through therapy and like, I specifically like sought out a therapist that was not Muslim. She's agnostic. And I remember like in the beginning, she told me like, I might say some things that are like against your beliefs or your belief system. And I was like, good, I don't care. Like I want that because I'm so sick and tired of like the Muslim agenda and just kind of like thinking in, you know, the way that like Arabs or Muslims like want me to think or behave. And like the, like, the way that I've ever experienced receiving advice growing up or or input or just wisdom has always been with the like with the underlying agenda or ulterior motive being to make me like a good muslim or like to bring me right. back to what they think like traditional uh muslim women or or like islam should be like right so i was just like i fuck that i want to know what the objective truth is what is the universal human condition Right. And so basically through therapy, I, I found out that I, I'm exactly like how you're describing. Like I love so intensely. It's like I take on the caretaker role. It's like my whole life to just like make it work with this person, whatever. And yeah, I found out through therapy that that usually for me was coming from a place of low self-worth. Um where it, it and doubled with scarcity mentality like that there's not there's no guys out there you know the way we talk about men like yeah. all men are trash uh the bar is like in hell like the bar whatever it's so hard to find any decent human whatever so then you think like you know you i get into a relationship with someone who has like some redeeming qualities or a lot that i can that i can see right in front of me but bigger picture i'm not really piecing together the bigger red flags right and, uh, and so I'm like, okay, like I have to hold on tooth and nail to this person because right. they're so scarce. There's not right. many of them out there. Right. right. And then on top of that, like I'm, I'm struggling with my own low self-worth, which is like, I should be honored that I'm even being loved by a human being, let alone like a decent one. And, um, and then I start to like overcompensate for all my insecurities that I might not even be aware of. Right. And, yeah. and I overcompensate by being like, you know, super agreeable, little miss down to earth, you know, not like other girls, whatever the hell, like <laughs> bullshit, like we tell ourselves. Right. And, and I came to learn through therapy that like, that's not true intimacy because I'm like, and it's, it's two extremes, right? Like true intimacy is not 
clinging on to something no matter what and trying to make it work no matter what, even if it's not serving you. And intimacy is also not, you know, refusing to commit or ever get into a relationship, sleeping with like 15 people a week or whatever. Like that's also, you know, you're also lying to yourself and you're scared of being vulnerable or like truly intimate or your real self with someone. Real intimacy lies somewhere in the middle where it's like, you know, I, I'm choosing to love you. It's an intentional thing. I'm here and, and, and I'm going to, you know, try my best do the most for the relationship um, in, in like with respect to what it deserves and, and with respect to what I can offer too. Right. But then if this is no longer serving me as in, I don't know, like it's, it's just going against um, certain things that make you happy or it's getting in the way of, of how you're trying to live your life or, or, you know, it's, it's, kind of below a threshold of what you expect and deserve for yourself in a relationship, then you shouldn't be afraid to walk away. And I know that sounds like so selfish in the context of love, but not at all. Yeah. I don't think that's selfish at all, but I think that you, you talking about scarcity mentality really, I, I mean, definitely something that I resonate with because I think that's the reason, one of the main reasons why I tend to just kind of like, I, what I like to call thug it out. Uh, but it's also just could be called being a stupid bitch also. Um, <laughs> but like this mentality of like, fuck, like, well, maybe this guy isn't like perfect, but you know, yeah. who is perfect? And like, at least yeah. he does like this, 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 and this. And like, also like, what are my other options? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, TikTok, yeah. talk, I'm trying to have a baby. Like that's yeah. kind of. <laughs> Your body takes over. Like, right, 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 that, right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's that scarcity mentality is very, I think, real within a lot of women, which is, I think, a lot of reasons why we do put up with, you know, bullshit amongst other reasons. But for me, I think that that is that is the primary reason, because also my issue is like, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of girls who can just have fucking crushes on people left and right. Like, do you know how much it takes for me to like a person like a lot? Like there's something like I genuinely was telling my friend the other day, I'm like, I just want to have a crush. Like, I just want to have a crush on someone. Like, I would be happy just having a fucking crush on someone. Like, that would be great. Like, I just want to feel like a human who's capable of having a crush on someone. Like, is that too much to ask for? Like, a crush? Like, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a husband. I want a crush. Like, that is the point I am at. But like, so when I like someone and I click with someone and I I feel like, oh my God, I like this person, it's very exciting for me because I never fucking like anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why that scarcity mentality is so prevalent to me in a relationship because it's like, I never like anyone. The yeah. fact that I like, like this person is a big fucking deal. And like, am I going to risk like, you know, trying to maybe hope that I'll find someone else that I like? Like, yeah. Fuck. Like, and so, so that is also, I think for me personally, a huge, huge, huge factor. Yeah. It's, it's almost like your own personal scarcity. Cause it's like, it's like not only, am I, you know, not finding decent men, but I also, I'm not even capable of mustering up the emotions necessary to like get into a relationship. Right. That's, that's really interesting. And honestly, I felt the same way with, with my like ex, I was like, it's, you know, it took me 26 years to fall in love for the first time. What are the chances? Like it's going to happen again. And how long is that going to take? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I I talked to like, I I would think about it in that way. Like it's, it's just too much of a loss to leave this. Um, But, but honestly, I think like it really has to do with like mentality and just kind of like 
the mindset you have towards it. And then I guess consequently the energy that you put out and stuff, which is like just knowing that, okay, like if I was able to, to find someone that I clicked with for the short amount of time and it was like beautiful in its own way. And obviously such a, a great learning tool and, and growth, even though it was like, you know, painful as hell. Uh, and just kind of like reminding you that you are capable of having these emotions that you doubted you would ever feel. And that it is possible to happen in again in like a, a much yeah. happier, like better way and stuff but obviously it's like difficult to do that when the data is not on your side <laughs> you know right and then also you know just to to make matters worse it's like lol now there's a pandemic like stay home bitch don't go anywhere and then like exactly. i go on dating every time i check a dating app i swear to god it like chips away at me it's like the bleakest shit in the world it's like uh, and I'm being flexible. Oh, I'm being fucking, I'm like looking at a guy. I'm like, you know what? I hate this guy's face. I hate his face. I fucking hate it. But you know what? He seems like he might be nice. So like, let's give it a shot. Like yeah. literally that's where I like, I, like, I'm like, oh, if I can find one redeemable quality, I'm like, all right, let's check it out. Like, let's, yeah, let's see what's yeah. good. Like I'm not by any means like, oh no. Like, and I think that there's also this kind of, you know, being an Arab woman, it's like, oh, she's so picky. That's why she's not married. It's like, no, bitch, you don't know how picky I'm not being. But like, the thing yeah. is, yeah. is once I get to know someone, if they say some crazy shit to me, like, yeah, I'm gonna be like, okay, see you later. And by see you later, I mean, like, literally never fucking again, don't talk to me, you're insane. So yeah, 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 I yeah. just, I think that it's like, you know, this also frustration of people being like, you need to put yourself out there. And it's like, where would you like me to put myself? Like, yeah. I, I am putting myself out there. How much more would you like me to put myself out there? Like, do you want me to stand on like the fucking curb at red lights and like hold up a sign that says like looking, looking for a crush? Like, yeah, yeah, seriously. You know, what's so interesting. So like, um, my, my sisters, they're older than me. They're like 12, 14 years older. Like they've been married with kids and stuff. And, uh, and they like one of my sisters I'm really, really close to. And she like, I know when she's like judgmental about something, she yeah. doesn't necessarily say it, but like I can read it on her. And I think she thinks that like this whole era and generation of the dating apps, like they're just so picky and, um, and that we just have like hella high standards and whatever. And, and like, honestly, okay, I'm not gonna lie, going through the dating apps, um, it definitely does enhance a lot of the superficial traits that we wouldn't necessarily put a lot of weight on in person. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely like makes that stand out more like, you know, you out here judging people by their pictures, their height, etc. Um, but I told my sister, I was like, okay, this is what happens. Like, imagine you're like in real life, okay? You walk into a room and you see like 20 guys of a certain age range that you're interested in. Okay. Immediately, like two of them might stand out to you. Like you might be like, wow, like, you know, they're hot and they have like this. They're never hot. Them, they're never whatever. hot. Where are you finding these hot people? They're <laughs> never fucking hot. Like there's literally never, I'm being dead ass right now. There's never been a time I've been on a fucking dating app where I'm like, wow, that guy's hot. Like that's never actually yeah. happened to me. But also again, let me re let's say again it takes a lot for me to find someone attractive or like them. Like I am much more like, are you funny? Do you make me laugh? Are you mm. smart? Then I will think you're hot. But like, gotcha. if you're just good looking, like that's not hot to me. Yeah. Like, that's for sure, just like, for sure. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
And so, yeah, I mean, like, if you see two guys that, you know, I don't know what they're, they're giving like a talk or something and you can sense that they're funny and like charming and accomplished and whatever. And so you're drawn to them, you're attracted right, to them, right. right? And then there's like eight people that you could care less about. And then there's like, uh, or like eight people that you're neutral towards. And then there's like 10 people that like you would never, ever give them the time of day ever if like you, you saw them, right? Yeah. And so I told my sister, like what dating apps does is it takes all those 20 people and puts them on the same level so you're out here like considering people that normally you would just like never even look their way you know and it just like is a big time waster and it's just harder to read people because they can catfish you with their personalities online (laughs) like it's just I wish I wish someone would catfish me with their personality (laughs) (laughs) like that I'm like you know what that sounds kind of nice like I'm cool like because here's the thing like I I've, I've just never been the type of person to be like, oh, this guy's hot. I'm going to date him. Like, that's just, mm. I, I I mean, maybe I should. I was telling my friend, I'm like, maybe that should be my approach. Maybe I should only date hot guys. Like, maybe well, that's what I should fucking do because clearly it's not worth, what I'm doing is not working for me because I'm like going for like, you know, personality or whatever the yeah. fuck. And yeah. then I'm like, but you're still a piece of shit and you're not that hot. So where, yeah. where, how am I benefiting from this in any way, shape or form? Like you're a piece of shit and you're not hot. Like, I mean, I don't think you should go for anyone unless you think they're a catch. Because I think if you settle a little lower than that, then in the back of your mind, it's kind of a protective mechanism where you think like, okay, I'm above this person and and like, I don't like them in these, you know, X, Y, Z type of way. So there's no way he can possibly hurt me because like, I'm doing him a favor being with him. And guess what? They're going to fucking hurt you. They're going to play you and you're going to be like, what the hell? Like you were ugly and you played me. <laughs> you no, but that's the thing. It's definitely not like, oh, I'm doing this person a favor. I'm not that nice. I'm like, oh, but like he's, <laughs> he's funny. Like I like laughing. Like to uh, genuinely, I find I, you know how there's like this whole, I'm sure you know this, you're a fucking comedian, but everyone's like, women aren't funny. I'm like, what the fuck is everyone talking about? Women are so funny. Men are not funny. Like, do you know how hard it is to come across a man that I genuinely think is fucking funny? Like, I think women are funny always. Like literally on TikTok, I'm like astounded by how fucking hilarious women are. And like men are just not as funny as women. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know how they created this narrative around men, like who the fuck they paid, but like men are not funny. Like, and and it's embarrassing because they think that they're so funny. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is embarrassing because like, you're not funny, but you think that you're funny and I'm not laughing and I can tell that you want me to laugh, but like, I'm not going to laugh because I'm not encouraging this behavior. Like, you're not funny. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. No, it's so true. And like the fact that I put it in my profile that I'm a comedian because I'm like, I don't fucking know how guys are going to react to this shit. Like, they get so insecure or like, they'll they'll be like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't want any of those like freaking Taliban dudes. Like, even though I'm not on the maps, I'm just like. I'm just like, or those dudes that just think like, oh, you know, girls like, uh, um, or like, it's not proper or whatever. If they have like their own issues, yeah, or yeah, about, yeah. like whatever, uh, performing and traveling and all that, uh, all that stuff. So a lot of times like men see that 
in my profile as like a challenge. Like they're like, oh, what if I'm funnier than you? Or they're, are they trying You're to crack their best jokes? And I'm like, <laughs> please just die. Stop this yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could perish, that would be great. I would really exactly. appreciate it. I mean, I, and I, I also, I my go-to line that I put in dating profiles, which I should probably just break my phone at this point, is I have a lot of opinions. I will say, that's the first thing I want you to know about me. I have a lot of opinions. I am not just, I'm not agreeable with everything you say. Like, I'm not going to be a contrarian, but I'm not just going to like go with the fucking flow. Like if I think something is stupid, I'm like, no, it's fucking stupid. I'm not doing it. Like, and like you can try to sell me on it, but, and I'll listen. That's fine. I'll hear you out. But like, if I still think it's stupid, I'm still going to think it's stupid. So like, I feel like men also, and and, and I'm also going to make another generalization. I think unfortunately, a lot of men have really low self-esteem. And that's what my, uh, an issue that I've encountered a lot. I don't know if this is like a common thing, but like, I just think that men have very low self-esteem and that comes out in these weird fucked up ways. And like, I'll say it, I have a healthy amount of self-esteem. I like myself. Like I I'm a fan of me. Like I think I'm fucking cool. Like I genuinely like myself. Like obviously there are days where I'm like, Oh, why does my face look like that? But like for the most part, I'm like, wow, I love my face. I could look at my face all day. But like, I really think that men think that they like confident women. But in reality, I really think that men actually fucking hate confident women. Um, And like, they think that like, oh, like I can like, I can like break this down, but I'm like, lol, no, you can't. Like my parents loved me as a child and gave me a lot of positive reinforcement. So there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. They like, they, they, they like literally I've noticed that men will try. I don't even know if they're doing it consciously. I think it's maybe even like a subconscious thing, but they're like, threatened by like my confidence and the fact that they are not confident and they're like fuck she's so confident and like it's like almost creates this like self-imposed pressure on themselves where they're like she probably expects me to be just as like confident or like just as good as her but like in reality I'm like dude if I'm fucking with you I clearly think you're good enough like you know what I mean like if I didn't think you were good enough I wouldn't be with you but it is this weird low self-esteem thing that I've noticed with a lot of men and I'm just like I like what, what, what has the world done to you to make you have such low self-esteem? Like fuck off. Like you have no excuse for this behavior. Like men literally deserve no rights. Yeah. It's oh my, (laughs) it's honestly so true. And I think like low self-esteem manifests in so many different ways. So yeah. yeah, Like I think one that I'm, I'm probably mostly used to, or like accustomed to is like these, like, Fobby, conservative, I don't even know, like these like really um just like sheltered or or, or more wait, is that your type, Selma? Pardon? Is that your type? Is your type a little fobby? Literally all my friends make fun of me. They're like, they'll see something so fobby and they're like, what the hell is this? They're like, just Selma's type. Like that's literally Is that your type? Oh my god, I it's been my history, but I don't think it's my type anymore. Like I'm definitely okay, okay. Like, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but like I'm you know just I, like, oh wow. Why you are you trying I my to sister? I was like <laughs> I was like, this is my there I, I literally cling on to these like fobby dudes and I'm like, please teach me all the culture that I like missed out on by not growing up in Egypt. And I just like practice my conversational Arabic skills with them and Dude, Salma, you can just call my dad and he'll help you practice your Arabic. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like you don't need 
to do this. Like you don't need to, to date a father man to practice your Arabic. There are teachers. (laughs) You're like, you don't need to suffer this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like something I noticed is that these guys will be so attracted to like, um, really outspoken, free spirited women. And they'll just like like, go, they're so drawn to them. And then if they ever want to like end up in a relationship with you or whatever, they'll be like, like, you don't even have to consider them or date them. You just know that they're going to, they're the type that are going to be like, Oh, like a proper wife shouldn't wear this or do that or say this or travel or, or whatever. And it's like, and and it's the concept of like fatal attractions where it's like the same thing that drew you towards me was like the same thing that made you not want to be with me later um and it's like and and I read Trevor Noah's book and he was talking about how his stepdad was like this with his mom because Trevor Noah's mom's like uh like super strong-willed like extremely independent like so freaking unapologetic whatever and this dude like wanted a subservient wife and so trevor was kind of like why don't you just go find any other woman like there's so many subservient ones right right marry my mom and then his mom was basically like because these men love to uh go after a bird just so that they can cage it you know, wow. and it, I feel very seen. Power. I how- feel very seen right now. I do feel like a bird that people yeah. are trying to cage, but like, bitch, I will die in that cage. You can't keep me in there. I'll be dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll be a ghost. You can't the- do anything with a ghost bird. That's the thing, right? Is like they is like they kill your spirit and your soul every time they try and change you or inflict some sort of restrictions upon you that you're not choosing on your own. And it's so sad because when I came out of my relationship, I did so much so many like activities to figure out like, okay, what are my core values and what do I need in order to flourish in a relationship? And it's like, or in life in general, um, and you know, no relationships can infringe upon this. And the first thing on my list was autonomy and I was like how sad that in some relationships or situations um like you like how sad that in in some situations or relationships like you just like have lost autonomy right like it's just so weird it's very weird and I will say like I think that the thing about like losing yourself in a relationship is, is like you're, it's not like unique to like one specific type of person. I think it's very easy for it to happen to literally anyone. Like anyone who knows me knows I'm very strong willed, very opinionated. I, you know, I'm very like, I very do my own thing kind of person. I don't give a fuck what you think. But even I, can lose myself in a relationship. And I remember one of my friends telling me, she was like, I was like shocked because I was like, you of all people, I wouldn't expect it. I'm like, and but that's a thing. It's not, it's not like, oh, you have to be the X, Y, and Z type of way to lose yourself. Like it's very easy to lose yourself in a relationship because you're like, I want to, I want to make this work. I want to, I want to show this person that I care about them. I want to try to be flexible. I want to, I want to be open-minded. And like, before you know it, you're making all of these compromises that you maybe normally wouldn't make, but you're making them for the sake of the relationship. And I think that we've all been kind of raised to believe that like relationships are all about compromise. And like, yes, you do have to compromise in a relationship, but it's like compromising within reason and also compromising in ways that don't, uh, I guess conflict with your core 
morals, values, beliefs, like it, it can't be that. That's not a compromise. That's actually changing yourself. And if you want to change yourself, fucking go for it. But just be aware that you are actually changing a fundamental part of yourself that this person is going to expect you to follow through with forever because you are saying, Hey, I'm doing this. So I think, I mean, I, I think it's very difficult to not lose yourself in a relationship. And and I think another reason why, you know, maybe I, I'm like, I'll look at these dating apps and I'm like, you know what, fuck this is because I'm like, I really like being alone. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I know that if I get into a relationship, I'm going to change. I know this. It's, yeah. it's just when you, you get into a relationship, don't fucking try to tell me like, I'm not going to change. You're going to fucking change. It's going to fucking happen. Everyone changes when they're in a relationship. I'm not saying it's going to be like, wow, who the fuck is this new person? But you will change parts of your lifestyle and your just everything. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to change. Like I I'm happy and I want someone else to change for me. And unfortunately what typically happens in relationships is women, because we are so adaptable is we are the ones who end up changing for the person. And that person gets accustomed to you changing for them where they're like, well, I don't have to fucking change because she'll just adapt. And, and, and that's easier. But it's like so fucked up because, okay, so the thing with compromise is exactly everything you said is like in relationships in general, like you for sure compromise has to be made. You you will have to change to a certain degree and so will they, right? But usually women bear the burden of that. Right. But what ends up happening is like, let's say you have to change a lot. Like you're with someone who like goes clubbing every night or something and you're someone who stays in and then it's like eventually like you compromise on that. You you make it more balanced and then you compromise on something else and you compromise on another lifestyle trait or core value or what have you. And then eventually you're going to get to this place where you are unrecognizable to your own self. Like you'll, right. you'll look back at certain times in your life and you'll be like, what happened to me? Like I used to be so happy. I was so carefree. I was this and that. And then you're, you're going to end up like resenting the relationship or the partner. Right. So that's why like compromise needs to be done within reason right. and within something that's like sustainable and, you know, digestible to you as a human being. And I feel like a lot of people carry this, uh, thought in their mind where they're like, Oh, um, I'm going to change into my ideal self when I get into a relationship. And it's like, no, bro, you won't. Like you are who you are, right? Right. And it's so wild because I myself tried to change for my ex, like my partner at the time. I was like, oh, um, he's right. Like I also had such a fucked up idea of like who I thought I was. Like I had a, a, a severe discrepancy. Like I thought I was a much more conservative, much more like, um, close-minded person and I would I would talk about myself in that way like I was like yeah I am this I am that but then if you watch me you're like no you're not you're actually way open-minded and like way more chill than you're talking about yourself being right and so when he would shame me for things like oh my god you know how can you say this like sexual innuendo joke on stage or how can you like whatever do this or that or do you think it's like appropriate for your friend to have made this dirty joke or whatever the hell like issues was like coming up and in the moment I'm like oh my god you're right like that's not who I am as a human being like I'm I'm better than this I'm much more proper like whatever the hell lies I like sold myself right and then I would be like okay I'm gonna change 
And then I would literally try. Okay. I swear to God, I would try. Next thing I know I'm on stage and then I like say the joke again, or I say like an even dirtier joke or yeah. like I do whatever, you know, and he's just like watching me. I'm watching myself, like watching me. And I'm just like, and like, I'd be like, yeah, I really want to change and I really want to try, but it just like, I couldn't do it because it's like not who I am. Right. right. It's, like this is, and especially with comedy, like for me, specifically whenever anyone tries to police my comedy or talk about it or or give me advice on it, I'm like, you are essentially giving me constructive criticism about who I am as a human being, because like comedy is just an extension of my personality. Like I'm just, I am that person. Like I'm so outspoken. It's not like I have, you know, I'm one of those comedians who has like a persona on stage that's like really awkward or very different than who I am in person. Like I am me on stage. Right. And so when you're commenting about that, like, Oh, maybe you shouldn't say this thing, or maybe you shouldn't say that, or maybe you shouldn't make this joke. I'm like, you're just literally censoring who I am as a human. Right. And so, um, I found myself in this situation where I really was trying, like I wasn't, I wasn't, um, being, you know, these things from like a malicious intent, like it was just me. And then I realized like, I have a part of me that's like, just inherently rebellious. Like anytime anyone tries to place any sort of restrictions on my autonomy, I just immediately feel caged and I want to do it like 10 times more. Like I want to double down more (laughs) and versus like me versus someone kind of like telling me about their own life decisions and saying like, you know, I found out of wisdom or what's most beneficial for myself to do this or restrict myself from this, then I'll, I'll be more inspired by it. I'll be more intrigued by it. Right. But if it's like placed upon me as some sort of a limitation or like an ultimatum, I'm like, well, fuck you. Like I'm going to do it times a million. Right. And so like, I just, you know, would promise so many things in that relationship. And I like ended up not being able to conform, uh, like, you know, in hindsight, that was, thank God that that happened because then it made the relationship end, which was like ultimately suffocating me. And I, I didn't realize, cause I was like, so freaking in love at the time. Right. And, and then like my therapist was telling me later, she's like, you know what? Like you would not have been able to survive. Like you might've conformed for a little bit, but after a few years, after the lust and all that stuff wore off and you would have just been fucking miserable. You would have been like, it's not sustainable. It's yeah. not, it, it's just not sustainable. And that's why I'm saying like, the, I think an issue is with women. We are these, we want to make people happy. I think a lot of women, they're like, yeah, I, I can do this thing to make you happy. But you're like, kind of not thinking about it like long term, like, wait, like, I mean, maybe I could do it for like a day. But like, yeah. I like, you know what I mean? But it's this kind of need to want to make the person you love happy. And like, I think that that is also like, a part of being a woman. Like, I mean, it's, I don't live to make other people happy per se, but like if there's something I can do to make someone happy and I feel like it's not really taken too much from me, like I'll just go ahead and do it. Like that, I will say that is kind of how I am just generally in life. Like literally my sister came over the other day and she was like, Oh, like uh, this perfume smells good. And I was like, Oh, just take it. And like, by the time she left, like she had taken like a bag of like 20 fucking things. I was like, yeah, just take it. Like I don't, I don't need it. Like, and like, that's the thing, like, I don't, it's fine. That's totally fine. But like situations like that do make me realize I am very willing to just be like, Oh, like this little thing that's not taking much from me is going to make you happy. Like, yeah, just fucking go for it. Because I, 
I like making people happy, but not enough, not enough to, uh, to like, you know, actually make any type of like long-term, like if I'm making a long-term change within myself, I've come to realize that the only way to do that is if you want to fucking do it. And I I mean, as we, I'm sure you know, and everyone knows, like you learn throughout life things about yourself. And when I remember when I quit smoking cigarettes, I didn't quit smoking cigarettes because it annoyed my parents or because people thought, you know, I was like, you know, the Muslim community were like, well, you're basically a sex worker if you smoke cigarettes. Like if you put that in your mouth, what else will you put in your mouth? Nor, huh? Like dick? You put dicks in your mouth? Like that was basically what they thought of me. But And the reason I quit smoking was because I was like, cool, this is full of fucking toxic carcinogens and poison. And I'm literally just slowly killing myself. So like, maybe I should not do that because I'm I'm not suicidal. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to die. So that's why I quit and and I stuck to it. And I was able to stick to it because I was like, this is something that I decided and I've made up my mind that I no longer want to participate in. And that is how I was able to make a real change. And like thinking back to it, I'm like, that's why there were these other times where in relationships, I would want to do these things because I cared about this person, but I couldn't actually follow through with it because I was like, deep down inside, I didn't really want to fucking do it because I don't really fucking care about this thing. So like, if you want to change for a person, that's great. But like, you have to want that change to happen for it to actually change. And like, sure. I think it's a blessing and a curse in that way where it's like, I'm glad that there are certain things that I like, I guess maybe wanted to change that I didn't actually or couldn't actually change because I didn't want to. Like, I'm glad that that happened because I would have fucking hated that if I would then have to deal with this new personality trait about myself that I don't even fucking like. Exactly. And I think like um, the intention in which you're changing or, or you're making a decision is really important here. Like if you're make, doing an action out of intention versus out of fear. And I feel like with the latter, it's just just so weak. Like just right. fear is such a weak energy. Fear mongering is bullshit, man. Yeah. And, and like, but we, we subconsciously make those decisions, right? Like if I'm making a decision to change myself, for, you know, fear that my partner is going to reject me or fear that they're going to leave because this is not what they pictured of me or fear that, you know, like, uh, that I'm letting down someone somewhere, you know, like this, this partner of mine or my family or whatever by who I am. Like, and, and that's not, that's not actually like, that's not a sustainable and that's not a, a powerful intention or a decision to be making versus like you are are making the intention to cut out cigarettes because this is the decision that you've come to with the knowledge that you have and you're like emotionally and mentally and whatever, this is what you're deciding to do. Right. And I don't know if it's just like my trauma that's kind of like influencing this, but I feel this way with everything, like including dieting. So for example, my family is like so into the keto diet right now. And they're, they're so like, um, just military but- about it. Put butter in everything in your coffee <laughs> every morning. Just a, mix in a little. I genuinely, the only reason I know anything about keto is because of TikTok, and all I know is that they love putting butter on shit. Really? Yeah, I don't know. They're just they're just so 
into it and, and like to the point where like they'll invite me over for dinner and then they'll be like, are you doing keto? We need to know because we need to have like the exact amount of like zucchini rolls or whatever. Oh, yeah, they're so intense. And I'm like, calm down. Like, and, and then I personally like suffer from my own eating disorders. Like in 2015, I had a really bad binge eating disorder that was just like the worst thing in the whole entire world. And it got me into like a hella depression and anxiety. And uh, yeah, it was so like, you know what that the kind of like depression, anxiety, where you're like, I can't leave my room. And like, if I'm out of my room, like you just, I don't know, I just feel like uncomfortable. Like I need to run back. And it was, and ironically, my parents were so happy during that phase because they were like, yeah, they're like, you're always home. We love it. Oh my God. Fairly depressed. Like this is awful. But, um, I yeah. love how Arab parents are like, our dream is a child with depression who never seriously, wants to like, just wants to stay in her room all day and eat all of mama's cooking. That's, exactly. That is my mom. My mom's friends. dream is for me to stay at home and eat every single meal she prepares. She wants me to fucking eat it. Nothing offends my mother more than I'm like, oh, I don't really want to eat that. She's like, why? Yeah. Did you eat somewhere else? And I was like, no, I just don't want to eat that. She's like, why? Like, I made this. Like, I made this food. And I was like, yeah, I know. I saw you. And she yeah. was like, we were just going to sit here in front of my fucking face and yeah. not eat it. And I was like, oh my God, fine. I'll fucking eat it. Like Jesus, like she, like th- there's no worse crime to my mother than not eating fucking food. Like eating yeah. food is like the only way to show her like, I love you mama. Like look at me eating this food. Um, so yeah, that would be my mother's dream. Honestly. Yeah, literally, literally that was my parents' dream. Like the fact that like, you know, I'm home, not hanging out with friends, eating their food, not working yeah. out, like all that yeah. stuff. And, uh, and then, yeah. And so like, eventually I got over it, uh, like with a lot of just kind of like, I had to change my environment, like a lot of journaling and a lot of just like intentionally making the decision to get out of like that whole mindset and, and rut that I was in and stuff. But then now, like, I feel like, you know, whenever there's like that military approach with dieting, like I'm like, okay, calm down. Like I, I know how dieting works. Like you do it so intensely and then eventually you just like bounce back. Like it's not sustainable. And, and especially if it's from like a very high pressured, um, influence around you or environment where it's like everybody has to do this otherwise like you know there's like shaming going on and just like lots of negativity versus Mm -hmm. like if me myself I'm like okay I want to get more in touch with my body like I I start to think about my body like another creature that I'm like taking care of or something and I'm like I want to understand it better I want to be more present with it I want to know when it's full like I want to be able to read it better so I start to do like flow yoga every day or something like that mm-hmm. or you know I'll, I'll just like sit down and just like more mindfully eat or I'll be like okay these things make my body feel good these things don't make it feel good so let's like feed it more of the former like you know when it's like a more tender calm yeah. like intuitive yeah, yeah intuitive approach like it's first of all much more sustainable and it's between you and yourself and not like all these other loud, like insecure, you know, just like on edge influences around you. <laughs> and so yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. Cause I was just telling my friend, I was like, you know, like, I'm 31, I'm turning 32 in a few months. And I just feel like I need to be feeding my body more nourishing food. And I've always been the type of person I eat whatever the fuck I want. That's just how I've been. And, and I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I think I want to try to be more conscious about what I eat. And like, as I was talking to my friend about this, cause you know, sometimes your friends are your therapists. Yeah. <laughs> as I was talking to her about it, I found myself saying, I'm like, 
yeah, but I'm really scared to limit the way I eat because I grew up with sisters who had severe anorexia and eating disorders. And I'm scared that that could, that could happen to me. And I never thought about it. I never said that out loud. And as soon as I said, it, I was like, holy fucking shit. That is why I don't restrict myself in eating is because I'm literally terrified that I'm going to develop an eating disorder because I've seen how how you can develop it very easily and then it becomes out of control and then it just begins you know what I mean like I've seen my sisters literally be in a hospital because of anorexia and I'm like I don't want that to happen to me so that's why like I almost refuse to like stick to any type of like eating like I I won't I don't like cutting things out I don't like telling myself like oh like I can't eat this cookie if I want to eat this cookie because like I'm literally terrified that once I restrict myself in any way that I'm like, fuck, am I going to, am I going to get an eating disorder? Cause I don't want one. Cause I've seen how hard it is on you and how emotionally draining and just, it, it really does kind of fuck your shit up. And I'm like, that's terrifying. I don't want that to happen to me. And I'm like, but like, you know, yeah. I think that like, like what you were just saying, if you're doing things in a healthy, intuitive way, for the most part, that shouldn't trigger you to develop an eating disorder if you are approaching it with a healthy mindset. And I think exactly. the problem with that is I, what scares me about it is that I think a lot of times when women approach these, um, you know, healthier lifestyles, yeah. they think that like, oh, this is just going to be a healthy way of eating. But if they are susceptible to an eating disorder, whatever the case may be, or they're surrounded by people who might have had eating disorders, it can very easily turn into disordered yeah. eating. And that's, sure. that's something that I'm definitely recently becoming aware of. And it's like, I'm like, Oh my God, that explains so much why I'm definitely like opposed to limiting the way I eat in any way, because I'm genuinely afraid that like, if I start, it will turn into something else that I don't want it to be. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel that way too. Like I, I, I'm scared of restricting my diet for the opposite reasons where it's like, once again, that inner rebel in me is going to get triggered and just kind of like start binging again or being like, I'm not allowed to eat this. Well, now I'm going to go right. out of my way to eat it. Like, you right. know, it's like something that wasn't even on my mind before. Now it's like the only thing I'm fixated on. And it's so interesting in particular, the topic of food, but I think it's like so important because probably every girl ever goes through this, um, is, is like, uh, kind of managing that relationship because food like, and I was like reading about it too, when I was trying to get out of that um, time period. And I remember telling my friends, like, I am addicted to food and they're like, no, you're not like, they just, they were just like, no, you're like, like, they just completely kind of like gaslit me and, um, and just like dismissed it. And I'm like, trust me, like, I know what an yeah. addiction is. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and it's like, um, it's so hard to manage in particular your relationship with food, because it's, it's not like drugs or anything else where mm-hmm. you can completely cut off from it and you don't yep. need it ever. It's yep. like, no, you still need it to survive. Like, it's not like you can just cold turkey. Cut and it's out of your not life. something that you like have to hide. There's nothing about it. That's like, you know, yes. embarrassing or that society would deem like abnormal behavior. Like eating is the most normal thing you could fucking do. So like, exactly. I, and that's why I, I, I just feel like in general, like you were saying, like women and food, it's a very tricky situation and your environment has a huge role in it. Like 
I, I know girls whose moms literally would tell them like, you need to go on a diet. I don't know what that would like. If my mom told me that, I think it would destroy me. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, I'll talk to another one of my sisters and she's like, yeah, maybe mom, I never said that to you, but mom did make comments about like how much food was in my plate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe you're eating too much food. And I was like, oh fuck. Like, I didn't know that that happened to you. And it's these like weird things that like, I don't even think, you know, parents think about these things, but they'll be like, Oh, like, you know, you, you have too much food on your plate. Like maybe chill out or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, not yeah. thinking that that's like a, could be triggering to someone. And like, yeah. I think that just in general, like with all of these, you know, women who are like prancing around online, like, you know, looking a certain way. And like, I know that even I'm sure I'm triggering to some people, but I, that's why I tell people when they're like, Oh, your body goals. I'm like, I'm posing very fucking strategically. Like yeah. I, I'm not, and I love my body, but just know that like I'm posting the most flattering photo of myself that I have taken out of these 150 photos where yeah. I'm definitely sucking in my stomach and I'm definitely posing in a, in a way that like I've been posing for seven years. I know how to fucking pose with my body. I know, I know how to make my body look good. So like, like just be aware of that when you're consuming shit that like, it's, but even with knowing that it's like, I'll see people online and I'm like, you know, I, I, maybe I'm not triggered by this, but I can definitely see this being super fucking triggering to someone and making them never want to eat again. Because it's like, what the fuck? This girl's stomach is so fucking flat. How is it even humanly possible? But I'm like, yeah, that's just genetically what that girl's body looks like. There is no way, you know what I mean? Like no yeah. amount of dieting or working out is going to make you look like that. There are just some people who are very, very, very thin. And like, that is what their body looks like. And I think for me, it was understanding at a very young age because I grew up idolizing Kate Moss and all of these nineties models who are heroin cheeks, super skinny and realizing at a very young age, genetically, that's not what my body looks like. My body will never look like that. Yeah. And just coming to terms with it and being like, yeah, that's not what my body's going to look like. That's just not what, my, like, I will always have boobs. I will always have an ass. I will always have hips. That is what my body looks like. No matter what weight I'm at that. So I'm not going to look like that. That is a far fetched idea. I need to let that shit go. And I think yeah. that having a practical approach to it is also kind of, I think pretty healthy is like, okay, realistically, what can I make my body look like where I'm happy with it? But I'm not also hurting myself simultaneously. Yeah. But also you're not putting like conditions upon your own self-worth or your own self-love that, you know, right. only when I look a certain way or only right. when I have a particular body type, will I be worthy of love or will right. I be worthy right. of happiness or whatever? Because first of all, it's going to disappoint you drastically yeah. when you realize like you're just as empty, <laughs> yeah. you know, or like sad or whatever. If that's Oh yeah. Looking hot gets you nowhere. Just, uh... <laughs> I'll say it. I mean, like, I, I, it really, it does nothing. It does nothing for you. Like, literally, absolutely, it doesn't matter. Like, it, like, I'm sure there's like pretty privilege and all that shit. But I'm telling you, like, you having like a nice body isn't gonna like make your life better or worse. Yeah, like, it's, not it's just the quality. It will literally just fucking do nothing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, no, and that's important to know because that's another thing. Like with addictions in general, uh, whether it's to food or to dieting or to uh, shopping or drugs or, or gambling or what have you, porn. Um, it it's all comes from this place where you're trying to like escape these like inner demon emotions inside of you, which is like shame or, or, you know, thoughts that you're not good enough or, 
or you're not worthy enough or whatever. And so that's why it's like a lot of these surface level behaviors and stuff actually come from, you know, these internal negative core beliefs we have in us or like these, this trauma that hasn't been like unpacked or figured out, which is why, like, for me, I I don't know, I feel like I, that's kind of why I'm such a big advocate of like therapy and just like Muslims or Arabs in general, just like going to try and figure out like what, what are, you know, the conditions that they've placed upon their self-worth and what is this contentment that they're trying to chase, you know, through um, uh, artificial means or, or just by like looking superficial or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all interconnected, which is also like really, really interesting. But I just know that like, the more you think about it, as in you try and like cut out the external voices or the external um, impact or, or whatever that's influencing you, and you just focus in on how you feel and what you want for your own body and like kind of creating that that relationship with like you know your mind and your body and stuff then it starts to take on like a much more I think mature and healthy and sustainable approach you know right no definitely and like I mean even as far as like working out, right? My whole life I was like, oh, working out is for people who want to lose weight. Like that's always how I viewed it. It's like, it because that's what I would see my sisters when they were having like, you know, really bad periods of their disordered eating where they were working out all the fucking time. And so in my mind, I, I connected working out solely for losing weight. Like, okay. like there, yeah. like no one could tell me otherwise. And it wasn't until I was like maybe 29 years old yeah. where I realized like, Oh no, wait, people just like work out to like feel good. Like people yeah. just work out to like feel strong. People just like work out to feel healthy, like working out and losing weight are not mutually exclusive. Like yeah. can working out help you lose weight? Yeah, sure. But also working out can just make you feel really strong and really healthy. And like, I started doing hot yoga and Pilates and all of these things that like I genuinely love to do because they make my body feel really strong and really good. And like, I feel like, wow, like I can't believe I can fucking do this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm a lazy piece of shit. How am I doing this? Like, does anyone else seeing what I can do right now? Like literally that's how I felt. But like, it's, it's definitely kind of unlearning these things like, oh, working out just for losing weight or even like. I grew up eating healthy food. Like I just enjoy eating greens. I'm, I know a lot of um, Arab girls who can relate to that because yeah. my dad is just like constantly shoving fucking tomatoes and cucumbers and like fucking <laughs> yeah, cucumbers are my favorite my thing. Plate. Like I literally eat them like a carrot. Like it, just, it, it, I love it's it. like a snack. It's like a yeah. fun, crunchy snack. And like I, I remember going to lunch with my friends and like ordering a salad and then being like, "Oh my god, are you like on a diet?" And I was like, "No, I just fucking want to eat a salad. Like, is that yeah. cool? Like, can I like is eating a salad like does that mean that?" that I'm trying to be on a diet. Like I just, a salad sounds kind of fucking good right now. It sounds crunchy and refreshing and it's fucking 90 degrees outside. Like, yeah, I want to eat a salad. Like what would be weirder is if I was like, let's get some soup. You know what I mean? So I just, I think it's also this, just there's so many weird kind of ideas around body image. And like, also like, I think it's also worth saying that like there are days where I literally am like, oh, I hate the way my body looks. Like it's very normal for people to just not like the way they look. Like you're not going to always feel good about the way you look. A lot of factors I think go into play. And what I've noticed is when I feel like I am being responsible, when I feel like I'm getting my work done, that's when I feel like the hottest. That's when I feel the most attractive. When I am being 
who I want to be in all of these other non-physical aspects of my life. Like when I see a pair of boots online and I want to buy them and I don't buy them and I save that money, I'm like, I'm so fucking hot right now. Like, I'm not joking. Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm being so responsible right now. Like, yeah. that's fucking, like I am like the hottest person probably ever. Like, yeah, that's totally. But, but like when I'm being lazy, when I'm procrastinating, when I'm not doing the work that I need to do, when I'm just, you know, being a piece of shit, like, yeah, no, I don't feel good. Like, I definitely am like, I don't feel cute. I'm not like, oh my God, look at me. Like, I genuinely think that, you know, your mental state and all of these things do play a role in how you feel and how you feel about how you look. So like, I think that's also why it's important. Like you were saying earlier, like you think like, oh, when I get to this goal weight or when I get to this, like then I'm going to feel good. It's like, that's not entirely true. Like it could it play a role in it. Sure. Of course. But like, it's not going to be sufficient to make you just suddenly like you're like everything is perfect now it's like no it's like all of these pieces that go together that make you feel good about yourself that you have to constantly be working on and you know I think growth is something that I really pride myself in whenever I see growth in myself I genuinely am like I I'm so happy I love myself so much like when I see myself growing and learning I'm like this is the best. Like this is ultimate hotness. Like this is real hot girl shit. Like growth is real hot girl shit. But like it has nothing to do with like, I will look exactly the fucking same. And that's why it's great to have sisters because I'll tell my sister like, oh, I feel like I look like shit. And she's like, you look exactly the way you did last week. Like nothing. Like you look you look exactly the fucking same. And I'm like, no. And she's like, no, you look exactly the same. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder why it is that I feel like I look like shit. It's like, oh yeah, I am... I have like 20 emails that I should probably have responded to like a week ago that I haven't responded to. Like Mm -hmm. maybe if I just do the work that I need to do, or maybe if I clean my house or maybe if I, you know, call my dad and say like, hi, Baba, like, how are you? Like all of these things make me feel really good. And I know that. And it's just like a matter of doing healthy things that make you feel good and not relying on these superficial fucking things that, you just have no control over, you know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. There's like such a huge emotional aspect to it. And, uh, and honestly, like something that's helped me a lot, um, recently, like in these last few years, is kind of thinking about my body as if it's like a gift or, or like almost like, you know, like, yeah, like a child in my care or something that I have started to look at it with a lot more compassion. Cause I feel like, I spent my whole life being so mad at my body. Like, why are you so different? Why are mm-hmm. you like so big and whatever, like all these things. And it's so interesting. Cause like, I know you're saying like your mom never told you to diet, but even like in my, I, I feel like my mom did <laughs> at, like many times in my life. <laughs> oh my God. Even if she didn't, like, it's also just kind of paying attention to the people that they compliment or give it or give attention to. And also just the concept that like body images and general um are very like they also change with the fashion trends like you know Marilyn Monroe was like size 14 or something and she was like deemed like extremely beautiful at that time but now it's like yeah like you said we grew up we grew up with like Kate Moss and all these other models who were like stick thin and it's just also knowing that like if we all ate and exercised the same exact way like we would have different bodies we wouldn't look the same and like also like 
attractiveness is so fucking subjective. Like, yes. like it's like, and that's the thing. That's why it's always really funny when like your friend is dating a guy and they're like, they're so hot. And you're just like, all right. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't like, I'm glad you think they're hot, but like, I don't think they're hot. And like, maybe like, you know, other, most people will think that that person is hot, but like who you find attractive and all of that shit, it's, it's all fucking just like made up nonsense. Like I'm going to be honest. And like, I'm not saying that like I am indifferent to it or like I don't fall victim to it. What I'm saying is like, just try to remind yourself in those moments. Like this is all fucking bullshit. It's all fucking nonsense. And like, as long as you kind of like love the way you look for the most part, I'm not saying all the time, no one fucking loves themselves all the time. And anyone who tells you that is a fucking liar. But like, if you love yourself for the most part and try your best to take care of yourself and be healthy and tell yourself that you're worthy of loving yourself, like that's, that's where it's at. Like, and that's why, like, I think, a lot of times young women will seek validation in places like in relationships. And it's always going to be a disappointment because the only way to feel validated is if you yourself, you know, like who you are. If you're not sure about it and you're posing a question to someone else, like, am I hot? Am I, you know, am I worthy of like love or whatever, then you posing the question in and of itself is like already opens you up to you know to the fact that they can say no like they or or they can or they themselves will now be unsure about it or you know what I mean that's why like you have to like make the decision in and of like in your own self that you are worthy and you're great and you're amazing and it's not up for debate it's not even going to be posed to anyone because you're not going to let anyone comment on it because you already know that it's facts a thousand percent and I think you know building self-confidence is something that I think you get better at over time. Like I've, I've always liked myself, like I said, but like, it's definitely progressed as I've gotten older because you learn these things in life. Like, for example, like, like I was saying, like working out when I started working out and I realized that like, I am capable of doing like a fucking plank or whatever the fuck I'm like, Holy shit, this is great. And, and like, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel strong. And like these little things that you discover over time about yourself. And like, there was this fucking trend on TikTok that at first I was like, this is really cute. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, this is actually really fucking annoying. But like, I think the gist of it was like really good, which is like to romanticize things in your life. And I had never really looked at it in that way, but like, that's always how I viewed my life. Like I have always thought that I was a main character before it was like a TikTok trend. Like in my mind, I'm always a main character in my mind. Everything about my life is romanticized. And like, I was telling my sister about this and I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You're always fucking posting on your stories about like the coffee you drink and like you're fucking, I don't know, like this and that. And I was like, yeah, that's cause I think it's like cool. Like I, yeah. like I, I think it's worthy. So like, it doesn't really matter if yeah. anyone else. And like, I was doing this for fucking ever. Like, you know what, on my space, I was constantly sharing shit because I liked it and I was romanticizing it in my own way. And I think that there is something to be said about kind of like, romanticizing your life just not in that fucking cringy annoying tiktok way yeah for sure and i think that probably speaks that does speak a lot to why you are really fulfilled as a human being and you have strong self-esteem because for a lot of other people and you know myself included a lot of times growing up like i was restricted from doing a lot of things like i just grew up in a really really strict household yeah and uh and i even after now you know i live alone and i i i've 
kind of carried a lot of those restrictions with me, whether it was like adopted from the community that's like so unbelievably strict, you know, lots of hypocrisies, whatever. We don't even have to get into that. But like, um, I kind of carried that with my own self. And a lot of, I think, women uh, in our community also have this in the back of their mind where it's like, you know, my life starts when I get married or, right, right, or like, right, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to wait for a guy to come into the picture who he's like free. He's like the bird who's going to come and then like, mm-hmm. ra- like uh, release me of my shackles and then we're both going to fly. Right. And so recently, it's only been recently that I'm like, bro, you're 29 years old. Like you should start to be the lead of your own life as in stop waiting stop putting like certain things on your bucket list or certain things in in your life long you know dream list or whatever to do with someone else when they enter your life like just go out and do them right now like stop and and oftentimes the things that we deny in ourselves is what makes us like so attracted to other people too to like other partners because you're you're kind of like envious of these things that they have allowed themselves to do that you're still in your head about or you're still really concerned about people pleasing about or you're still scared to do or whatever so I think like in 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 the way that you're making yourself like the main character of your life like that is what's going to lead to other fulfilling things about you which is like you know having like secure self-esteem and not worrying about how other people are viewing you or what they think of what you're doing you're just doing it for you you know I thousand percent like and I mean I I had this girl message me a few weeks ago and say like more like I just feel like you don't care about anyone like how do you do that and I'm like I Girl, I fucking wish I had an explanation, but like, I just don't fucking care. Like, yeah. I, I just don't care. Like, it's not like I, like, I, I innately don't care. Like, I was born into this world not giving a fuck. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I can't explain it to you. And I'm like, I wish I had some type of formula to give you, but I think the best, the best explanation I can give is kind of like thinking, like, not like, oh, like I'm fucking the best and like I know everything and I'm so smart, but like a little bit kind of, yeah, that. Like a little bit, like you have to hype yourself up. Like you can't rely on other people to hype you up for you to feel good. Like I have to fucking hype myself up because if I don't, who the fuck will? Like not your parents aren't gonna hype you up, your siblings, your friends, your fucking husband, your boyfriend, whatever the fuck. No one is gonna hype you up the way you're gonna hype yourself up. Like, cause no one, everyone is so concerned with themselves and like, I just, if I were relying on people to like, I guess, quote unquote, hype myself up, like I would not be who I am today. Like I just really wouldn't like you can't. And like, if I was like relying on like, you know, these like arbitrary ideas of like validation, I I don't even, I would delete my Instagram account because like people can comment on my pictures all day and be like, you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. And it's really nice. It is really nice. But like, I don't believe them. Not like in the way where like, I think I'm ugly, but like just in the way where I'm like, you're just like kind of saying this and it's nice and it's fine. But like, this is not where I seek value. Like this is just like this nice, for me, I view it as like human kindness. Like that's how I view it. Like this is a human who is being kind to me and I appreciate it, but it's not like, Oh, this person told me I'm pretty. So now I'm pretty like, fuck that. Like you, you have to look at yourself and like love yourself. And I, I really think what you were saying earlier about like kind of treating yourself, like you are deserving and you kind of babying who you are. Like that's, that's really kind of what it is. It's like, feeling grateful for the body you have for the you know uh, for the things that you have in life for your 
all of your personality traits and just feeling like these are all like really great, awesome things that I'm so lucky to have rather than just spending your energy focusing on all the things that you don't like. And more importantly, focusing on all the things that you don't like that you actually can't fucking change. Like I'll never, I actually genuinely don't get that. Like I can understand focusing on something that like you could potentially change and being like, I really want to change this, but like things that you just objectively cannot change it's like, why would you ever put your energy into that? Like, I, I, I know it's a real thing that's happening, but I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it. Cause it's like, you could just put your energy into like learning to really like that thing yeah. or like, or just kind of maybe pay less attention to it. Like yeah. focus your energy elsewhere. Yeah. I guess sometimes like when you're, when you're like not in an emotionally healthy place, like right. sometimes right, it just right. becomes, it, it also almost becomes an addiction or like a fixation to just like yeah. put yourself down in every way possible and every way imaginable, but like it doesn't serve you right in the long run. And yeah, like I think affirmations are really huge. Like that hyping yourself up. It's actually like I, I follow uh, Serena from Let's Fucking Date, right? And she said uh, something on Instagram like she said uh she was like I just decided that I was hot like I was hot the whole time but I just made the decision that I am and then I started believing it and then you all started believing it and I was like yo honestly facts like I literally woke up like yesterday and I texted my friends I was like I have now decided to become a bad bitch like it's just who I am and you know thank you for understanding (laughs) right it it is and like it's it's definitely like a, a real thing like and I mean self-affirmations, all these things, like I'm seeing it now. And I I love that people are talking about it. I'm like, holy fuck, this is what I've been doing my whole life. Like literally I see it. I'm like, this is just, but like, that's why I'm like, I feel like I got a head start on it because I've been doing this from the fucking age of like six years old where like, I would look at myself in the mirror and be like, my fucking outfit is so cute. Like, look (laughs) at this cute little outfit that I just put on. I am the fucking cutest little first grader. Like literally all of like, I believed that I was hot. Like as a six year old, I'm like, I'm a hot, I'm a hot six year old. James Notley, shout out to James Notley. Definitely is trying to fucking get it. Like why would James (laughs) Notley not be trying to get it? You know what I'm saying? Which by the way, James Notley, if you're hearing this right now, I miss you. I love you. Like, where are you at? Like, I've looked you up on Facebook before. I can't find you. Um, he was this really cute little Hawaiian boy in my class. But anyway, oh my God, I, I, just, I just, I really do think that there is something to be said about just kind of like manifesting things. Like, I, I, I also think manifestation is this thing that's being thrown around, but I fucking believe in it. It's yeah. fucking real. It's absolutely terrifying how real it is. Like, yeah. it's actually slightly unsettling. And I'm like, oh my God, my brain is too powerful. And like, do people know about this? Because like, I feel like someone <laughs> should stop me because this should not be allowed. Like, I should not be given this much power. Yeah. I am an evil person at my core. So like, this should be like criminal. But like, if you genuinely like, I'm, I a hundred percent believe that like, if you are like, yeah, I'm fucking hot. Like, yeah, other people, like other people will think you're hot. And like, if you go around saying like, and that's why I think there was this whole thing online for a while, which I'm glad has kind of died down where it's like, I'm a potato, like man, like I'm, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Stop telling people you're a fucking potato. If yeah. you keep telling people that you're a fucking potato, they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, this bitch is a fucking potato. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And like, yes. also like not allowing people to say shit about you. Like I remember being at a dinner and this girl was talking about getting a nose job, which like, if you want to get a nose job, fucking get a nose job, like the, all by all means. And she told me, she was like, Oh, like, have you ever thought about getting a nose job? I'm like, I mean, yeah, but like, not like in a serious way, like in the kind of where it's like, 
I mean, if I got a nose job, like I would be like really crazy hot. Like that would be actually like maybe too hot. Like it would actually legal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's probably, you know, it's probably for the best. It's probably for yeah. the best that I don't get one. But she was like, really? Cause like, and I was like, Hey, listen, I like my nose. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you think is happening right now, but like, I like my nose. When I see my nose, I think of my dad and it makes me fucking happy. And like, this is the end of the conversation. Like what, where do you think this is? And she was like in shock. Like, Oh, like, oh my God. Like, girl, I was just, ta- I'm like, no, no, you weren't just anything. Like, what the fuck is this conversation we're having? Yeah. Like, you're trying to convince me that I should get a nose job? Like, seriously? What, what world? Do- but like, I remember her just kind of being shocked and then also just kind of being like, how dare you respond in this way? I'm like, no, I am responding in an incredibly appropriate way to your very inappropriate comment that exactly. you're trying to make. And I think it's also like being standing up for yourself and like advocating for yourself constantly and like not only positively talking about yourself but not allowing other people to have the option of controlling the narrative about you or or trying to uh impose their thoughts or opinions on what you should look like because which is why I'm I vehemently yell about people saying shit about the way I wear a hijab. It is for that sole purpose. You do not control the way I look or dress or fucking do anything for that matter. Yeah. If I'm not hurting anyone, if I'm not hurting myself, yeah. it's not your fucking business. Now, when I start killing puppies, then yeah, yeah you <laughs> can say something to me. You know what I mean? Then you know what, by all means, tell me, hey, Noor, you know, being a puppy murderer, it's really fucked up. Stop killing puppies. And I'd be like, you know what, you're right. But like, having any no one has any say over your body or how you look, be it your mother, your friend, your sister, like, it's, it's not their body, it's your body. And it's your job to protect your body. That's your only job to protect your body and like love your body and take care of your body. And like, as long as you're doing those things, it doesn't matter what you look like externally. Yes. I think that there should be more validation and weight given to the act of actually fucking loving yourself and not in a corny way, but just in the truest form, like that in itself should make you feel like I'm the fucking hottest girl fucking ever because I fucking love myself and I take care of myself and I prioritize myself. Like that is what people should perceive as hot. And that's why like, doesn't matter how hot a guy is. Like if he's not confident or funny or whatever, like I'm not going to think he's hot. You know what I mean? Yes. No, hundred percent. Oh my God. You touched on so many amazing points. Like first of all, like self-deprecation. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, for real. First of all, I'm going to like that part where you're like, I'm so fucking hot and I'm amazing and I'm incredible. Like I'm just going to replay that over and over again in the mirror every single morning. <laughs> like it's necessary. But um, yeah, in terms of like self-deprecation, can I please tell you how that was my whole entire personality trait growing right. up in right. high school? I was like, all right, I'm never going to be the hot girl. And in university, same thing. So I was like, I'm just going to self-deprecate. And I was so insecure about my body and just in general, what I looked like. And so I was like, I'm so anxious and insecure about my appearance that I'm not even going to potentially like allow another person to be able to bully me. So I'm going to beat them to the punch and self-deprecate first. And so I would literally like, you know, nobody, me, I would call myself fat. I would literally Mm -hmm. make the worst analogies in the whole world. Like, you know, compare myself to like the most like unflattering make-believe characters or cartoons or whatever. And, and like, you know, to the point where it was like, okay, nobody thought about that, but now you're bringing it up, so we have no choice but to, I it's guess, acknowledge that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
you. That's literally what it is. You're, exactly. you're convincing yourself of it. Yeah, you're going to convince yourself. Exactly. And then it was like to the point where I would get to university and like without fail, this happened so many times where guys would like initially be drawn to me and they would be interested. And then they would talk to me, like have one conversation with me. And I would literally, first of all, unload, just overshare so much. And I would, uh, because I would, I was like giving them a really high priority and status in my life without them having done anything to like earn it. And, and then I would like self deprecate and I would talk about myself in the, like the, I would like basically friend zone my own self. And then they would just like be so turned off. Like it would, it was enough to turn anybody off. Right. Like including my own self, but I was so anxious about like the possibility that other people could see me in that way. So then I would just do it. And then, yeah, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy where they would then not be interested anymore. And I was like, Oh my God, see, I knew I wasn't attractive because nobody's interested, but it's like, because I'm the one doing that, you know? Right. And, and 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 I think like I realized that finally like when I was coming out of my undergrad and I was like all right strict rule like no more self deprecation in how I look or appear it's in any way. Super fucking damaging, and the only person it's damaging to is you. And like yeah. I, I I fully understand that it's like one of those things where it's like a habit, right? Like, and I always compare anything like that to like when I was trying to quit smoking. Like you know it's bad. You know it's bad, but like until you make that decision and fully acknowledge it in your head, you can't change it. It's very hard to change things, especially when they are used as a crutch. Because I think being self-deprecating is a crutch. I think smoking cigarettes is a crutch. I think a lot of these bad habits are crutches. Like that's what they are. And you think that you need them. And you think that if you don't have them anymore, then you will no longer be you. But it's like, maybe you don't want to be this version of you anymore, because clearly you don't really like this version of yourself. So maybe it would be for the best. But like, it's, it's so interesting. I think just learning about these, all of these different ways of like building self-esteem and like realizing like, Oh my God, I've just been doing these for so long. And like, I think about the first time I was ever rejected in my life and, it, and I'll never fucking forget it because I wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Cause I would tell everyone I saw like, can you believe this diet fucking rejected me? Like I'm fucking hot. Like what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, yo, there must be something wrong with him. Like that was me. That was me in college. That was the shit that I was doing. But like, I also feel like maybe that was an extreme in itself and maybe I need to chill the fuck out just yeah, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but at the same time, like that was my mentality, which is, I feel like you can, it's just a matter of like what you are telling yourself. You will believe it. That's what I'm saying. Like you are telling yourself, I am this, I am that, all these negative things that I was telling myself, like I am, you know, a magical human being. And like anyone should be so honored to be in my presence, which again, maybe I did chill the fuck out since then. But at the time that is what I was doing. Right. And it's like, it's crazy how much just the things that you say to yourself affect you as a person. And I think just really deconstructing that. And like, if you're listening to this and you struggle with, you know, self-esteem or, or, or bad habits, like you, the way you talk to yourself about these things does really matter. It does really change how you feel. And I think that there just isn't enough value or weight given to that. And I was, I said that earlier and I feel like I'm, I sound like a broken record, but I truly just want to like drill it into everyone's fucking head. Like the way you view yourself and talk to yourself is the most important thing. Like everything else is just kind of noise, but the way you talk to yourself that actually makes a fucking difference. That actually changes how you fucking feel and honestly how you look, like truly. 
Yeah. You are with your own self 24 seven. So <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't matter what a stranger on Instagram says about yep. you under your yep. picture. It just matters what you think, you know? Ex- exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like I could have a hundred comments saying you're so gorgeous. And that day, if I just don't feel cute, I just don't feel cute. Yeah. But it's also like letting myself feel that, but knowing like, okay, I know in my mind that I only feel this way because I had a shitty morning or I had this and that. And I'm going to let my feel this and I'm gonna let myself be a whiny bitch about it but like tomorrow when I wake up in the morning I'm, I'm not gonna feel this way and if I do feel this way I'm gonna take steps to stop feeling this way because I cannot just allow myself to continuously feel this way you know what I mean because I know through someone who's been addicted to nicotine if you just like keep letting something ride out it's not gonna change like you know what I mean like you, mm-hmm. you need to take action you need to take action now you need to fucking nip it in the bud you need to like realize you are in control of your life. You are in control of all of these things. Like people don't control how you feel. You control how you feel. And like, if you feel sad, there's nothing wrong with that, but just know that you feel sad because you want to feel sad and that's cool. But like you just not letting other external factors control the way you feel is very empowering. I think, especially for women. And it's something that I feel like I wish was drilled into women's minds, like at a young, like I wish instead of people telling you, you should be ashamed of your body and all this other fucking, or your life doesn't start until you get married. I wish what they had said and said was like, you control your, your feelings and the narrative about you. Like if you, that, that's what we, but again, of course, you know, the patriarchy, misogyny, all this other is obviously why that did not happen because you know women are too powerful so people always want to keep us fucking down exactly Um, oh my god my friend was saying something the other day that was so hilariously accurate she was like men like view themselves in who they could potentially be mm -hmm. uh, like in their ideal version of themselves like that's how men see themselves they see themselves as the ideal version of themselves that they are not even and women think of themselves or see themselves as someone's horrible impression of us from 15 years ago. Like a thousand percent. It's just so sad and inaccurate. Like, I'm a man in that case because yeah, I which do. Is necessary. It's good. Every time I, co- I come across women like you who are like so confident or they're the ones who reject men or they're avoidant or whatever. Like they have traits that are like more socially masculine or whatever. Right. I'm like, good. We need more of you. We need to like balance the pool. I would rather women be on that end of like extreme extremity where they're like bigging themselves all the time and they're like I'm this shit and how dare someone reject me than the opposite because the opposite is just way more common but that's the thing even with that I did have to like hone it in a little bit I feel like it was too much when I was younger you know what I mean like it was like calm down nor just relax but like it's also like you live and you learn and like okay maybe this is too much maybe let me find a happy medium moderate balance and that's that's where you will find that joy and that happiness is like finding that balance and finding moderation. But like, it's funny that you were saying, like I describe myself as someone who has very what stereotypically masculine, um, I guess, uh, qualities about myself. And it's, let me tell you something as far as like be, finding a man to be in a relationship with, it is a huge problem. It's a huge, it's that's, that's maybe one of my biggest problems. Men really don't for the most part, the men that I am attracted to are usually guys who are like very strong willed. They don't like that. I am also equally, if not more strong willed, like they want, they want there to, I know that there's this whole like opposites attract thing, but like, I think that 
that might be true, but not for me. Like I want someone who's just, if not more confident than I am. Like, that's what I'm like. That's fucking hot. Like I like that. But guys have literally told me to my face, like you just, you're too forward about things. I'm like, I, I just don't beat around the bush. Like, you know, and when I say forward, I don't mean like, I was like, Hey, like, look at my titties. Like when I say, yeah, forward, yeah, I mean, yeah. like I like take control of the situation. I'm like, all right. So I like you. Do you like me? Like, I have no problem saying that. Like, I, I love that. I, I don't, I don't want to play any fucking games. Not because I'm like, I'm so old. I don't have time. I've never been one. Like even at the age of 14, I remember telling a boy like, so do you like me or what? Like, what the fuck is this that's happening right now? And he was like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I like you. I was like, All right, then dope. Let's, let's, let's figure out what we want to do next. Like what, what are these weird mind games that we're playing? Like, I don't, yeah. why are we doing this? This is stupid. This is dumb. Like this is a waste of time. So I think men do, I know that they sit there and love to say, I don't like girls who play games, but they fucking love that shit. They love yes, girls who they, play games. They totally love it. They eat it up. They, they that's eat just, that shit up. They, they love will only be change. attracted to you if you play the games. Yeah. Like, and that's the and, only way they even see you as a viable catch or whatever. It's, know? it's, it's literally such fucking bullshit. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Salma. I'm like, I feel like we could have this conversation forever. I definitely now feel like we need to do a part two of this, but I have to go pick up a couch right now. Because <laughs> yes, yes. As I was telling Salma before, I do have an addiction to buying furniture. And by the end of this night, I Vintage will have furniture. I will have three couches in my one bedroom apartment. And not only that, the couch, I didn't even tell you this, the couch that I'm buying, the lady only would sell it as a set. I can't fit both of them in my apartment. So I'm also delivering the other couch to my sister's house who her husband is letting me put it in their garage. He was like, dude, just fucking put it in the garage. So I am, I, I just, I have an addiction to buying furniture, but Selma, I literally, I, I love this episode already. Like, I'm like, this is great. I can't wait for people to hear it, but I also want people to be able to find out where they can hear more from you because you do so much work and in regards to like uh, mental health advocacy and like awareness and just like, you know, you do all these writing prompts and all this cool shit that I'm like, yo, this is amazing. These are the type of women that when I see, I'm like, I am so proud to be a woman right now. So plug all of your shit. Where can people find you, watch you, just all of your things? Okay. Yes. They could definitely find me on Instagram um, at senma.hindi. Uh, same with TikTok and uh, like all the social medias. And then I also have a website, senmahindi.com. And uh, yeah, they can just connect with me there. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This was so funny. Like, uh, fun. honestly, like I was like, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but I like where it did go because I'm like, this is the juice. This is the shit that people need to fucking hear. Like, listen, it's okay. You're going to fucking figure it out. It's fine. Just yes. be nice to yourself. Just literally be fucking nice to yourself. And if you're nice to yourself, you know, things will start to work out once you're nice to yourself. Your body might respond in good ways when you're like, hey, I like you. And you're not like, I fucking hate you. So yeah. um, <laughs> exactly. Love yourself. Uh, it's only when you decide that you're a hot girl that you will actually be hot. Selma, let me ask you a question. Are you a hot girl? Absolutely. Yeah. Two, just two fucking hot girls signing off, just being the hottest people. But yeah, I'm going to have all of Selma's uh, social media stuff linked in the episode description. As always, you can follow Arab American Psycho on Instagram, where you will see a very hot picture of Selma. And then you could follow me on Instagram at Nori, where you'll see lots of hot pictures of me just being a fucking hot bitch and making Muslim men so angry. Hell um, yes. And as always, I will talk to you guys next Sunday.